You're listening to the We Talk Seahawks podcast, a podcast brought to you by Seahawks UK. Stay tuned to our weekly episodes for pre-game and post-game shows, as well as fun and engaging discussions, and hopefully some special guest interviews along the way. Thank you for listening, stay tuned, and go Hawks! Ladies and gentlemen, Seahawks and football fans everywhere, a very warm welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks podcast. I hope you're all doing very well. Two and two, how are we all feeling? Russell Wilson has never lost three games in a row in his career. He certainly wasn't going to let the 49ers end that record. Um, yeah, great win, massive win. NFC West is wide open again now. I mean, someone needs to stop the Cardinals, but, you know, we're back on track. Two and two, one and three would have been disastrous. Um, so we're back on track. Two and two, massive win. Joining me tonight to uh, to recap the game and uh, go over our our main thoughts, where we thought we won the game, players who could have done better, and everything like that. As always, on, when we do these little review shows, is my right hand man, Mister Pez. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Good to see some vintage Russell Wilson. Vintage Russell Wilson. Did, did that, you see the go on? That first half, I was like. Yeah, you can smoke that. Never lost three games in a row. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I was watching it with a Niners fan, my mate, and I was just oh. like, he was laughing his head off. And then it got more to the words of half time, and he was just like, oh, you're going to beat us here. Like, <laughs> we, we should we should have scored like two extra two extra touchdowns here. Yeah. No, no, no kicker. He's like, you're going to beat us here. I have a feeling. I was like, have you seen how we're playing? Like, are you fucking insane? Like, are you watching the same team as I am? I'm about to go and hang myself. I'm done with this. And then the second half came out, and it's almost like Russ just decided to, like, he's been trying so hard to play in this new offense. In the second half, it's almost like you saw the true potential. Like, it's all nice and nice and nifty, like having all these jet sweeps and all this motion and all this this that and the other mm. but what we what i saw anyway in my opinion was in the second half we saw a complete comfortable russell wilson for once mm. like the colts game yeah that was great but even times in that game and then the, the other two that we've watched like i've never seen him look comfortable like he's had great passer ratings yeah. and everyone just looks at stats and goes, oh, Russell Wilson's being typical Russell Wilson, but he doesn't look like typical Russell Wilson. In that second half, as we'll get into it, he looked like typical Russell Wilson, but using a few new toys or mm. options to his advantage, things that he has been banging on the door for for years. So mm. I would rather have that second half offense when Russ was moving and shaking it about going forward, then having all this like motion and trickery and this that and the other, because you don't need to be that complex to make this offense great. Yeah, it's it, like I say it was it was getting to half time. Let's like say we'll, we'll we'll go into the game and everything, but it, it got to half time, and it was just like it was another one of those performances offensively. Because like I say, the defense to be fair, I think played three quarters of the best football they've played. In a in a in a long time, to be fair, as a whole unit, it's just it, it's it's always like that thing where we fix one half of the team and then the other half of the team goes to shit. And it was like, like the, finally, you start Sydney Jones. The defense looks 
like they found a rhythm, they found how to stop people, and now the offense has is, is, is really gone to shit. And you're just thinking, it, it, we don't play second half offense, or we hadn't played second half offense at all through the first three weeks. And you're thinking, well, like, and now we now we desperately need second half offense, and and you know we don't we don't come up with it normally. And it's like, where where on earth are we going to win this game? And to go in at half time seven seven, I was absolutely laughing my head like how on earth that game was 7-7 seven, seven. how on earth the 49ers didn't score 20 plus points on us in that foot like was it like five offensive possessions and we had like minus nine yards or something at the end of it to show like yeah and then like minus like something like six like def- like passing yards so, something just minus yards on all the fucking stat books after like five drives it was like how on earth are we going to win this game and it's only seven it was it was just bonkers, um, but yeah. Yeah, it, I, put, I put in my notes um, as I as the game went on. <laughs> I just write little things I see, write them down, and then I'll just mix them all together when I start talking. But literally, I've just put offense with three laughing emojis <laughs> as if like it just kind of sums a more pathetic show in that first half. Oh, that 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 other than the Rams wildcard game from last season, that's. First half of football wise, that's the worst thirty minutes of offensive football that I've 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 seen from us. Um but let's 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 save the negatives for the end of the podcast. Who who's a player that you want to bring up in, initially, like immediately that comes to your head that you feel deserves a mention on, on how well they played? Because I think there's, there's there's a few guys we could talk about here. I'm gonna do I go the obvious or do I go uh... I'm I'm going to go the obvious because I'm going to go with Jordan Brooks for me. <laughs> That's the obvious for one because he had a good game and one because he's your boy, so he's got to get a mention. No, no so right. Listen, I understand. Like, he hasn't been great, but mm. people people need to like tackling wise and things like that. He is solid. Yeah, chasing the ball, chasing like. Every last little thing, he is solid. Coverage, yeah, he may have given some stuff up. He may have done some errors. Mm. But, like, people people started having a go at him about that um, cheap flag. Mm. The, uh, the uh, When he pushed a guy out of bounds, whatever mm. the flag is, um, unnecessary roughness. What was bollocks? But people went to town on him. Like, yeah. oh, oh, he, he, he's not showing what he showed last year, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, but he is. If, you, if mm. you're watching the games, he's there on every tackle. Yeah. yeah. And let's not let's not remember all these people who started screaming, Jordan Brooks, breakout candidate, rah, 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 and started jumping on the bandwagon about him. They were the same people who were crying last year that he's not great in coverage. Mm-hmm. But now because they wanted to jump on the bandwagon because he did well at the back end of last year, now they're back off it. Oh, oh well, oh, he sucked in coverage. Well, you were saying that last year anyway. So why yeah. are you even surprised if apparently he sucks at coverage when it doesn't? Because the last couple of games he's been highlighted. Like Bobby gets away with a lot because he he's Bobby at the end of the day. Yeah. And sometimes in Seahawks fans' eyes, he's untouchable as a player. Mm. But the linebackers these last couple of games have been left out to dry because mm-hmm. of the defense, not because of them individually, because of the defense. And um, I've always scratched my head at that. Like, this game is stat line, Jordan Brooks, four tackles, four solos, three assists, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one, one pass deflection. And then he had that massive hit, um, mm-hmm. massive tackle on fourth, 
down. That yeah. massive hit on George Kittle. Yeah. Like, that, that's what you want to see, surely. That's like, mm. yeah, he hasn't been all around good. But the thing is, it's a bit like Jamal Adams, how I look at it. They've not been using Brooks right. Mm. Like, you watch him at college, you watch why he was a first-round pick. Because people can say, oh, we picked him too early and he wasn't a first-round pick. People are still dubious on him. But mm. it has been various reports saying that teams are gutted that Seattle jumped that quick because yeah, they yeah. had him a couple of spots. Like, he was always going to go in the first round because mm. there was enough teams who wanted him in the first round. There's mm. even reports saying that the Ravens actually wanted Brooks. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, they, well, you could see because they took Patrick Queen, so they wanted a linebacker. Yeah, they wanted a linebacker. And then there's rumours, obviously, it's just speculation, but apparently the Ravens were more high on Brooks than they were on Patrick Queen. Yeah. And yeah. all that. And so it does frustrate me. It does. It winds me up because you watch it college, he's sideline to sideline. Oh, like, absolutely. Like that fourth, like that fourth down. That fourth yeah. down stop, you've got yeah. Trey Lance, a very mobile quarterback. He proved it. In that last drive for the touchdown, he had he's very he's a Colin Kaepernick, like I told you before. He is Colin Kaepernick the second because mm. he's got a laser. Yeah. He's not great at following very varied passing. No. So as he develops, I think that will be downfall in the past game. He's got mm. a really good laser, but against a decent cornerback, he's going to get found out. But he's got fucking legs. And he yeah. proved it. He's a, he's, yeah. a, he's a he's a wiggler. He's just like, he reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. And what did Jordan Brooks on that fourth down do? Because if he wasn't there, he was mm-hmm. stretching four. Like, he, he's an amazing tackler. Uh, and for me, at least, he's shown, in my opinion, he's a, a solid all-round game. Yeah. Like, you could nitpick at him. There was a few things. I saw a few things where he... Like there was a run play and he went and started like trying to tackle the wrong guy mm. and then the ball ran past him and it's a bit like, right, yeah, you kind of messed up there. You should have read that earlier. But back to that fourth down play, mm. he, he the, the commentary highlighted him. He's mm. there. in He's there in the midfield watching exactly, he essentially he's watching what Trey Lance was going to do. Yeah. And as soon as he did it, he tracked it. And one thing he's really good at is tracking a player, and you can you can almost see where his helmet is. He's watching that player, but he he also evades getting blocked up. Yeah, like I think that goes unnoticed how good he is at seeing his target and being like a missile and going and taking him. Because otherwise, oh. Trey, uh, in my opinion, Trey Lance would have stretched for that because Brooks mm. wrapped his legs up and then someone came on top. But ninety yeah. percent of the time, someone comes on top, he's stretching his arms out, he's getting that first down. Mm. So, and then and then there's that. So that's the sideline to sideline. And mm. then another thing, what he's really good at college is shooting for a gap from the yeah. linebacker position, shooting for a gap at second and quarterback. Mm. He did it last week and just missed out getting cousins because he got the ball out just in time. But then he got it off this week. Yeah, and that's they need to use him more like that. Well, I, I think, and what I was going to say is, I think they've had a little bit of a eureka moment there because, like you say, you, you've seen it from college. You see it in his first year where he tried to do it, wasn't as successful, didn't get any sacks or anything like that. If as long as you keep sending Jordan Brooks on blitzes and shooting through gaps, he is going to get sacks. There is ninety percent, I would say, on roughly off the top of my head, I would I would argue that ninety percent 
of the linebackers, starting linebackers in the NFL are nowhere near as quick sideline to sideline, has got natural speed at that position that, that Jordan Brooks has. He has got to be in that top 10, 5, 10% sort of linebackers with, with that type of speed like when you see these sort of like stretch like the, these fourth downs and these stretch plays where they try and get to the sidelines and you know it, it's it's for, for Jordan Brooks to be able to use that sideline 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 speed where you'll see him make a stop like down the sideline where he's like come from the middle like 90 to 95 percent of the linebackers don't have the speed to get across to that to that sideline shed a few blocks and make the stop like Jordan Brooks is it's one of them picks like you say in the draft like you know so many people scratch their heads and, and everything like that and like well why do we need why we're we taking a linebacker why aren't we taking patrick queen well every single seahawks fan is very very thankful that we've got jordan brooks on this team now i wouldn't probably wouldn't have drafted well i'm not gonna say wouldn't have drafted anyone else at that position but it, it's like if if because the argument was well we don't need a linebacker we've got bobby wagner kj right and the problem with going at that was we all knew KJ Wright's contract situation. Woody wouldn't he sign? We all knew he was open to leaving. And you know, I've been saying on previous podcasts that I wanted us to re-sign KJ. I still think we should have done, um, but he left. And could you imagine if we didn't have Jordan Brooks at linebacker? Like it's Bobby Wagner, and then it would be Cody Barton and what Benson Mayowa or like. You know, Bemba Kirvin's injured, so you can't play him. Would it be John Rattigan starting? Like this, this defense would be considerably worse, even even you know as bad as it's been through the first few weeks of the of the season, barring that 49ers game. Could you just imagine if you took Brooks out of that defense now as well? Like we we, we would be getting burned through the middle. Like it seriously wouldn't wouldn't be fun watching any team play against the Seahawks defense. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it showed his speed up as well because that um, we'll probably mention it again um, later on. But that um, miscommunication where mm. Debo was just free, yeah, and he was wide open. And then the commentary was like, because it was just on him. The commentary was like, oh, it's turned into a foot race. I was like, who the hell's near him? And the guy <laughs> tracking back was Jordan Brooks. It was Jordan Brooks, yeah, like, unbelievable. And he would have had to run from further up the field than mm-hmm. where Sidney Jones was. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like, he was never going to catch him, but he wasn't that far off him. No. And that shows how quick he is. And Unbelievable. I, I understand that some people will like push back at us with this and say, yeah, but he didn't do this and he didn't do that and he didn't do, but mm-hmm. you said it right. It's like, you've got Bobby Wagner. If you didn't have Jordan Brooks, you're relying on Cody Barton. Now, mm-hmm. I, after that Third preseason game, I took the mick out of you, and you were like, <laughs> "Right, I might have to say sorry to Cody Barton." But mm. you know what? You can actually take it all back now and go, "Ha, I was right," because oh, now it's come into proper games. He's a non-factor, no. like he always has been. The reason why people don't like him on the field, but then, like you said, who who do we have? We got yeah. like Dunlap trekking back, like. Mm-hmm. Like dropping back in coverage and ugly, mm. ugly shit like this, mm. and and you know what? If they even if they started doing this with Brooks because they, they might think, oh, he's not great in coverage or whatever like that, mm. and they start using him properly sideline to sideline, um, smashing through a gap to get a sack, things like that. Essentially, what Bobby Wagner used to do when he was young. Yeah. Then then use Bobby 
as a coverage guy and let mm. Brooks go and do that kind of stuff. Mm. Oh, I'd be and letting I'd be letting Brooks, you know, get to the quarterback whenever I'd be using him as a as a as your blitzing guy. And obviously, Bobby Wagner can you know he, he's a good sack linebacker as well. But that that speed for him, like I say, just shooting through the gap. Bobby can't. Bobby does shoot through gaps, but I don't see him shooting through the gaps as as with the raw no. speed that the Brooks does. It is a nightmare. Bobby, Bobby still sly because like a few people started questioning whether he's over the hill or not. He's yeah. still got the speed, but mm. like just don't just leave him in the middle of that field, you know, well, in that, that coverage. That pass breakup, you know, I can't remember the guy who was targeting now, but the one way he dived for it and he just like battered it like away. But like he started his dive from about five yards away from the receiver. And to make that play, like that's why you drop Bobby Wagner back in coverage. As much as he can rush the quarterback, like would um, would Jordan Brooks make that play? Because I don't think he's as good in coverage as, as Wagner is, but I think he's better at probably getting to the quarterback than Wagner is going forward. Yeah. Like Jordan Brooks, without having stats or anything in front of me from last year and this year, mm. from visuals and stuff, he's he's good in coverage. Mm. Because that was the misconception of college. Like, oh, yeah. he, he's not he's not good at covering, but that's because um, he was at where was he at? He was at Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech, and they asked him to change. So to 2018, he did a mm. lot of coverage and he was decent in coverage. He was mm. serviceable in coverage, but then they really needed him to fill that sideline to sideline chase after the quarterback role. Yeah. And I just think the Seahawks, like they, they need to find another linebacker to do that coverage job and just mm. let Brooks go and do what he's good, good at. Like yeah. what he excels at. He excels at tackling, hardly ever misses a tackle. Like no. he, he's always in a tackle. Mm. Like if it's in his zone or in his area, he's always in on it. Yeah. I just hope yeah. this game, because at the start, like the whole defense, people would probably say, but the whole defense was ugly. Oh, like yeah. the whole defense was ugly, but then they tightened things up and he started shining for key plays. Yeah. And hopefully he'll build on that now and then he'll start, like, get the ball rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another guy I want to mention on the, on the defensive side of the ball that a guy we've been calling for on previous podcasts who I know you're you're a big fan of him as well is was Ryan Neal or Ryan O'Neill as his teammates like to call him or he likes to call himself Ryan O'Neill which I think is a pretty decent nickname to be fair. Um, but it sums him up. He is a Ryan or like he, he's just he's an absolute bull at that position. Like and I know we all love Marquise Blair. I know a lot of people like Abadi still, but. I, I would rather have, at this point, in this moment in time, from what I saw in that 49ers game, I think Ryan Neal offers more and plays that sort of slot, nickel-type position better than Marquise and better than Amadi. From from what I've seen, I just think he brings that. He, again, he, he looks like if he was if he was in the NFL, if he was with the Seahawks in 2012, he'd be a kid. He, he wouldn't look out of place in the LOB in, in, in the sense of, the way he plays, the the way he hits, the way he's, that swagger, that demit, that that confidence. It's like it, when you watch like I, I hate to bring him up, but I'm gonna have to Trey Flowers. Like we say, when you see someone like that and just absolutely flat and and doesn't offer anything, no facial expressions whatsoever, no emotion, and then you've got a guy like Ryan Neal on the field. Like I'm not saying Ryan Neal is you know an elite 
cornerback or safety or whatever you want to class him as, but I, I just think he just brings so much energy and like I wouldn't just have him on the field because of that, but I think he's a good player. He's a good player. He doesn't like I say he doesn't just wouldn't just have him on the field for his energy. He makes plays, he makes hits, he makes pass breakups. Like he's not just a he's not just a guy a, a cheerleader on the field that's just wasting a spot. Like he makes plays as well. So uh, I think he uh, I think he was one of the best players, standout players from that 49ers game for for him to come in from like so far. Like he hasn't he hasn't seen any playing time so far this season other than that. Limited again a little bit last season. Obviously, got you know broke through a little bit, but still limited. There's still you know he wasn't a starter on every sort of defensive down type thing. So for him to come in almost like out of the blue, like oh Ryan Neal's playing, Ryan Neal's starting against that. Like where's that come from? Like for him to come out of the blue and and have a game like that in in such a big game like that against a tough opponent, I thought he was I thought he was outstanding on the defense. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. Like. He brings the energy. Like yeah. in my notes, whenever I see anything that catches my eye, good or bad, I just pop. And literally, it was Ryan Neal bringing the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And you are right. Like Blair's not been great this season so far. Like mm. Ugo's been doing better than him. Mm-hmm. And Ugo is good in his own right, but. Mm. But everyone was really hoping that Blair was going to be the guy. And like yeah. you said, like Ryan Neal is proving it over and over because like everyone said when he came in for Jamal last year and he was like, oh, it's a bit of a fluke and a bit of mm. this and yeah. he's not great in coverage and he's not done. Mm-hmm. But is it is it actually a fluke? No. Like, no, it's not looking like it. He, he came into that game and kind of changed the identity of the defence. Yeah with the big hits, with the aggressiveness, like, and this is what I mean, he's like, he, he's like Jordan Brooks in the sense where, maybe not great at coverage, maybe mm. not the best, mm. but he can still do it. And, he makes up for it in other areas, doesn't he? And it's his tackling, yeah. he doesn't miss, it's his energy, one that like, not to like bring it back to Brooks, but just to bring something in from Brooks to Neil. What I've noticed is Brooks is these first four games has been playing with, he's, he's been playing angry, he's yeah. been playing fast and angry. Yeah. And Ryan Neal's exactly the same. We yeah. need the we, and we need them kind of players Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, D, uh, DJ Reed. Mm. So, uh, Bobby's been doing it for so many seasons, he's on board. So you get a unit who's ready to play fast and angry. Mm. Why the hell wouldn't you play them all together? Exactly. And Ryan Neal brings he brings that energy. It's like they said Rhino Neal because Rhino, yeah. As I've said it in a previous podcast. He's undrafted and he plays undrafted. Yeah. He plays like he's always got to prove something. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he became the starter and legit lockdown slot corner starter, he probably mm-hmm. still play angry like he's got something to prove, like he's got a chip on his shoulder. And did did I not like is that not what Pete Carroll came into this organization well, exactly. with the idea of? Yeah. I want I want I want a load of players with the chips on their well, shoulder. That that other than other than sort of Earl Thomas, that's exactly what the Legion of Boom that, that's what it was. Richard Sherman, you know, almost undrafted fifth round guy, converted from receiver to play cornerback, Cam Chancellor if fucking you know uh, Thurmond and and Byron Maxwell, all these guys were guys who teams didn't want, other than all, like Earl Thomas, and and Ryan Neal's exactly the same. Like you say, he plays with that chip, 
on his shoulder. And and it's just like I, I want guys who, who when they play that position that if they're going if you're gonna if Trey Lance or Grockle or whoever is gonna throw or you're gonna break in a, a running back's gonna break through the you know the the line of scrimmage and gonna get into the second level. I want guys who are going to be there ready to punish you for, for either throwing over the middle or, you know, breaking free a little bit. And with Ugo, I don't really get that. With Blair, I do. But especially with Ryan Neal, like, if, if you throw towards him, even if he doesn't come down with a pick or the pack, like, he's going to make, he's going to let you know that he, you know, he's there, mm. he's hitting you. He, he, he's just, he's knocking players off the, you know, you know, knocking equilibriums all over the place with big hits. And it's just, yeah, like, when... when even like when the defense is struggling, and like you just need that one player. We always look that spark player that just re like reinvigorates and, and gets the motivation going again. That you know when heads are down, heads are dropping, all of a sudden Ryan Neal makes a massive play, or John Brooks gets that big hit on George Kittle, and all of a sudden it it just you can see it just lifting the whole defense. And Ryan Neal is someone who brings that like every time he plays, he might he might not have the best game, but every game we come away thinking. You know, do you remember Ryan Neal's played? You know, it, like Ryan Neal makes a remem- a memorable play yeah. in every game that he plays, if you know what I mean. So yeah, he, he's, just, he's de- ju- go on. Just to jump in, uh, like that hit on Kittle by Brooks. Brilliant one. <laughs> I mean, I don't like seeing players get injured. And, and, no, and but, but it was a good hit. <laughs> Normally it's KJ. That's KJ's job. KJ yeah. loves hitting Kittle. He loves yeah. sticking it on him. And fucking putting him out of a game, but that was that was a hit and a half. Oh, like Kittle's Kittle's feeling that for oh, the yeah. majority of this week, oh, he is yeah. feeling that. If we're talking about hits as well, I think we've got to mention Nick Below and that special teams one against uh, Debo Samuel as well. I mean, that, oh like, yeah, like. I mean, I, I, we've been talking about the linebacker problems. If we didn't have Jordan Brooks, uh, Nick Below, possibly is he a name that you'd throw in there? Like, fuck it, like the way he's tackling and hitting, took like, him in that linebacker. Jeez, well, why not? But, uh, um, we, but back onto back yeah, onto Ryan Neal. Yeah. Um, coverage snaps. So I've got the uh, little chart oh, yeah. here. Here we go. So he he can't. He, he's not that good at coverage. That's what people said last year. Yeah, he's a bit leaky. Yeah. 23 coverage snaps. He only got targeted once. So people would probably say, well, he only got targeted once. But he didn't allow it. Mm-hmm. He's not allowed anything. He, he's not allowed any yards. And he got a passer rating of 39.6 allowed. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, and then, that's... and then, sorry to jump back in no. to like, well, because they're both on the defense and we're both talking about him. Jordan Brooks, 22 um, coverage snaps, three targets, two allowed, only for 14 yards, 77.1 uh, passer rating allowed. Respectable. It's, it's, it's you know, it's not over, it's not over 100. No. Right. no. What, what would you class as a good passer rating allowed? I, I'd say over 100. Yeah. Anything, anything below 80, especially. You're mm. talking, well, They've done a good job. Oh, absolutely. It might be Garoppolo, but still. Should we give a should we give a mention to Sidney Jones as well on his uh, on his debut? I thought I mean he was giving me a heart attack at times because I kept thinking that we had Shaquille Griffin back playing like with him wearing the twenty six <laughs> and the dreadlocks, I kept thinking that we would somehow brought Shaq Griffin back. Um but to be fair, I know I know he gave up the touchdown in the first quarter and everything, but aside from that, and obviously aside from the big sort of, you know, 
breakaway play with Debo that you know happened and you know we move on type thing you know can point your finger at whoever you want you know I think the whole defense got has got to take some level of responsibility for that I don't think it's fair to just blame Sidney Jones for that but in terms of the entire game from what we saw on his debut to come in again massive game tough opponent you know I thought he I thought he did really quite well few few little you know pass breakups and few little sort of like I, I, I think he got one or two passes defended. Like, you know, I, just I thought the I, just the one, right? But, but he then got, he, could, he, he he had the one pass breakup, but um, he had that um, that throw. Was it by Garoppolo? Had that yeah. throw that went through his hand? Like yeah, he could have got that pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but sorry, he, carry on. No, he's in the right. Like I say, with that, he's in he's in the right position. He's read the he's read the you know he's read the play. He's read the coverage. He, he was there ready to make the play. Just unfortunately, didn't didn't happen at, at, on that occasion. But I think, like you say, it, for, for him to come in and make his debut in, in that type of environment in that big game, like already, like how much better did he look than Trey Flowers? I'm not again. I'm not trying to continuously dump on Trey Flowers, but how much better and how much more confident did did you feel watching? Sydney Jones out there than, than having Trey Flowers out there. Like he just makes plays. That's all we want. Trey Flowers didn't make any plays. Like we've got he might not be the best corner in the world, but he's making plays. You can dump on Trey Flowers first because he Thank managed you. to get himself a flag on special teams. Like that's his devotion oh, yeah. now is special teams. Yeah, but he's still trying to get that. him he's still trying to get himself released from the team by getting flags on special teams for holding. Yeah. Like that just sum that just sums him up holding yeah. on special teams and but yeah. do you know the big differences for me with Sidney Jones? He didn't start great, but none of the defense did. So you want to start outing him for how he started in them first couple of series, mm. then put the whole D in that, wrap him up in a bowl and go chuck him out in the rubbish mm. because they were all the same. He let the touchdown up, but he's not played for a long time. No. He's not played for a long time. First time in the system, first time in the team. Yeah. And you can say, yeah, he was a Husky, so he has familiarity with the style of cornerback play in the area and this, that, and other. It, it doesn't. No. You might not know that bloody twinkle two-step twat thing they want to talk about, <laughs> what Pete Carroll loves doing. But it's a bit different than kind of knowing it 10 years ago and yeah. then catching back up to it. Yeah. But as... The defense got better. He got better. He became mm. more noticeable. Mm. Um, the miscommunication. Adding a day is his first fucking game. Jamal Adams had one wide mm. open. Was it the Patriots? Yeah, where oh, he's wide yeah. open in the end zone, and Jamal Adams is just like, oh yeah. So yeah. it's his first game. Whatever. Yeah. Like the biggest, the biggest thing for me about him to trade flowers is five tackles. Five solo tackles, five solo tackles, mm-hmm. two assisted tackles, meaning that he's not just doing his assignment and and just giving up. He's actually going and helping where he yeah. can. Yeah. And one pass def- uh one pass deflected. Five yeah. solo tackles. Mm-hmm. That that is the thing for me. Whereas so what what we got there is a guy who's Doing the typical Seahawks thing, giving them five yards, but not giving them ten yards. Exactly. And, and attacking them. Yeah. Not almost being so defensive, you're letting them go all over you. Because mm. I'll have a quick look now whilst we're on it. Yeah. Um, 
So no Trey Flowers did have one good day, yeah, against the Vikings. He had seven tackles, seven solo tackles mm. against the Vikings. Against the Titans, it doesn't matter what tackle in he had because he got absolutely fucking twatted. <laughs> just just four tackles and gave up 20 million yards every yard he could possibly give up and then four tackles so I'm talking a lot about tackling I've noticed like Brooks, Neil um, Sidney Jones but the thing is how I look at it is tackling is everything it's a massive part of that position Yeah, for for coverage tackling is everything but all over the defence how I look at it, they want to play this standoff 25 yards and give him the whole middle of the field so yeah. they can just methodically beat us down like the Vikings did. Yeah, You need players who are good at tackling, who are ready to go to the ball and get stuck in. And yeah. that's something I noticed with him. First game, like you said, against the Niners, it is renowned for being physical and a hard matchup. Yeah. So to come in and be serviceable... Like I look at the I look at the uh, the uh, coverage. Obviously, he's a bit blown out of proportion. But mm. forty-eight snaps, same as DJ Reed. Um, allowed seven and nine, one hundred and sixty-eight yards. The majority, of, the majority of that, so seventy-six yards of that was the busted coverage. So mm. he had ninety-two yards on six catches. So they clearly targeted his side because he's the new lad yeah but still apart from that he still held up and he held up i still i still reckon it it, go moving forward he's going to be he's got more potential of being better than trey flowers who has no soul anymore because it's just been taken away from him and whilst we're on him another thing about him coming in what's really good getting rid of trey flowers is how much better was dj reed on his comfortable side. He was noticeably better. Michaela, I can't remember if it's in the live pod or in the, I think it was in the live pod, mm. and she's mentioned it a couple of times on social media. She mm. wants DJ Reed back where he belongs. Yeah. Goes back to where he belongs. 48 coverage snaps. Two allowed, um, two allowed out of four targets. 15 yards in total. A four, 59.4 passer rating allowed. Brilliant. That's that's the that's the 2021 uh, 2020 DJ Reed that that, that we exactly. knew and loved. Yeah, exactly. Like so, thank you, Sydney Jones, for coming in and being, mm-hmm. and essentially starting shit but tightening your shield. Yeah, that's the thing. He's come in and he's not just helped at that position. He's helped. He's 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 subtly helped at a few other positions to like say exactly, move, move DJ Reed back. So. Yeah, I think for the, if that's his first game, I think we can be very excited in terms of what he can. You know, you, you would like to think he could only improve. If that's his first game, oh. hopefully he can only improve. Oh, Massive 100%. upgrade. 100%. Like, he started shaky, and how I looked at it, as it, like, got better as the game went on. Yeah. That's great. Like, that's all you want to see for the first game against the Niners. The Rams coming up. Mm. It's going to be tough. It's going to be it's tough gonna, for him. It's going to be really tough. Yeah. All he can hope for in that game with the way, how efficient their offence has been, well, maybe just copy what the cards did and mm. we'll have a fucking field day because they just shut him down. Like, oh, God, yeah. they're given every, they're given, essentially they're given the whole NFL uh, an insight to how you stop the Rams offence now. 13 oh, points, yeah. man. 
13 and they've been and they've been getting 30 plus a game so like so is, is there anyone else on the uh, on the defense you think warrants to mention before we uh, jump to the offensive um, side of the ball let me just check my notes <laughs> your notebook of wisdom i think Oh, it's not wisdom, mate. It's a load, <laughs> it's a load of absolute... Do you know what? Who deserves a mention? It, it does deserve a mention. I, I, I'll put it in here why I remembered. Um, great hit by Adams on Kittle. Adams yeah. has took a lot of shit off the majority of the Seahawks fans. Some people yeah. have defended him saying, like, stop stop looking at the narrative and see what is see how he's being used and what mm. he's done in that usage mm. and he's been playing really good he stood out for me like it's a bit time contradicts because you kind of like expect it from Quandre now mm. like you expect him to have that standard what he showed that game yeah but for all the heat Jamal Adams has been getting like I thought I thought that was Jamal Adams and Diggs's best game as like a safety combo yeah, this season. 100%, 100%. But the best game as a safety combo, how a safety combo should be used in coverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, let me go back to my trusty little chart. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like to get advanced as the as the uh, pods go on. There we Oof, go. I'm Moving a stato now, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. So Jamal Adams, 46 coverage snaps. Targeted on six, only allowed bomb for 18 yards, a 39.6 passer rating allowed. The lowest joint with Ryan Neal, but Ryan Neal only played half the snaps he did mm. as the, the best defender. Like, however you word it, he basically, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. he basically just don't target him. Like, Jimmy yeah. G just stopped targeting him because he shut it down. Yeah. No, fair play. Like I said, I think I've been one Everyone's crying about it and you've yeah, done yeah. it. Yeah. Can't cover. Can't cover. You can't yeah. cover. No, no. Well, well, well. Yeah, I think so. I'll raise my hand up a little bit. I, I, you know, I've been harsh on Adams at times, but like I say, I think that's that's purely because, like you say, it, it is because of the narrative you can't run from what we gave up for Adams. And I just want to see that. You know, I, I want to see the return. I want to see the production. But like I say, I think, you know, that that is his best game that he's had so far this season, and you know, hopefully that's if, that's the start of something. If that game sample size, you could get yeah. that. I'd say for seventy to eighty percent of the season, hmm. it pays back what we paid for him hmm. because everyone doubted him, everyone questioned him, everyone slagged him off about his coverage, and against the Niners, who are the national media would say or this offensive powerhouse mm-hmm. like especially when our, our, our D-line can't get any pressure like, well, yeah. give Garoppolo all day just like Cousins just like all these Tana Hill, guys yeah. it'll kill you Yeah, Jimmy G's shite when it turns when <laughs> stuff gets in his face he's yeah. the biggest bottler out of a lot of them with Cousins just below him <laughs> um, the, the Browns prove that the Browns proved yeah. it. Um, what's his name? Bloody, who's their D lineman? The Browns. The... Garrett. Miles yeah. Garrett. Miles yeah. Garrett. Not. That's the one. I was going to say. Yeah, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Shaq Barrett. I think he's box. He's box. Um, yeah. Miles Garrett. He proved yeah. it. <clears throat> like seven points all game. Absolutely bottled up. Mm-hmm. What we should have done. Um, <clears throat> and Jimmy G's the same. So. Mm. 
and he had all day most of the time. Mm-hmm. So for Jamal to do that, you get that production 70 to 80% of the season. He's repaying his investment there because that's something people questioned why his investment wouldn't be good enough. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think we'll, we'll move on to the offence, um, unless there is anyone else on, on the defence that you feel is warrant to mention. I'll, I'll, I'll say Daryl Taylor also had a good game before he you know picked up a little knock. I thought, you know, hopefully he's, he's OK. Um, but yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was good as well. Um, so, like I say, hope, and hopefully, you know, Dunlap's not injured too, too heavily. Um, you know, I think we're still waiting on some test results on that. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought the pass rush was a little bit non-existent for the first half, and then eventually they sort of kicked into gear and started to get to get at them a little bit. But um, yeah, we'll move on to the offense. Um, Alex Collins is a guy I want to mention right off the bat. I think. The Seahawks have fell into the trap a little bit at the running back position in terms of how we use Chris Carson. Um, I think and this isn't anything against Chris Carson, um, but I think the Seahawks have had it in their heads and and the play calling it as, as using and having to use Chris Carson as a, as a three down back on every single offensive series. Like Chris Carson is, I, he isn't he isn't Marshawn Lynch, but he's a powerful he's that powerful runner he, he gets them short you know them little third and ones your fourth and ones if it's a fourth down your second and change type yards he's, he's he's that type of runner you know bring chris carson out when you're down in the red zone 10 yard line let him punch it in and, and let him you know put the put the icing on the on the cake of, of a of an offensive drive when we're in our in our own half or midfield You've seen what happens when Alex Collins get the ball. He he offers you something completely different. Like he is our elusive back. Without Rashad Penny on IR now, he he is the elusive back. He is the speedster. He is the you know the one who's hard to to sort of you know tackle in the open field because he puts moves on you. Like it, and we've seen it a few times this season. We saw it in in like the the Colts game. Saw it in the Titans game. Saw it a little bit in the Vikings game where they bring him out. They bring Alex Collins out off the bench for like one offensive series or even one play. Um, I think it was in the Colts game. Um, and that, and that, and then he, he does something really good. And then they took him away again off on the bench as if he's done something wrong or as if they're just sort of like like say like teasing the fan base a little bit saying oh yeah oh, we've got Alex Collins using for one play and then that's him done. Like we don't have to use Chris Carson as a three down running back on every single like we it, it's okay to go away from Chris Carson. It's okay to give the ball to someone else. Give it to Alex Collins because that that he, he, Chris Carson doesn't score that touchdown run that Alex Collins. Did because it is it, a different type of play. Like he, Chris Carson is hard to tackle, but he hasn't. He didn't. I think Alex Collins made about five, six, seven guys miss on that on that run, which is something that Carson wouldn't do. So I just think that Alex Collins has been when we've used him. I think Alex Collins has been just as effective as Chris Carson's been for us this season. Like I say, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts. You know, Alex Collins is no scrub. He's not just a, a random backup guy. You know, this guy's rushed for. He's had a he's had a one thousand yard plus rushing season in Baltimore. You know, we 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 drafted him originally, so you know we've obviously always been a fan of him, and we obviously we've always known what he can do. And I just think you know that that's proof. The proof's in the pudding. When you give him the ball, it, like Carson was getting stuffed by them like they, they figured him out completely and you just you I was just worried that we were just continually just going to try and keep banging our heads off the Chris Carson wall until it worked and 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 regret not using Alex Collins but thankfully they used Alex Collins 
And I don't think Alex Collins got like a tackle for loss against him in that game. Like he, he went for positive yards, I think, on every single run, and then obviously got the touchdown run. So it, I, I want to give him a, a bit of a mention. I thought that if we can keep using that one-two punch and not sticking with Carson all the time, I think that's a, a really, really dangerous tandem. And I, I know you want to get DJ Dallas involved more as well, don't you? Yeah, um, but you're absolutely right. Like <clears throat> in my little game notes. Alex Collins bright spark, Alex Collins mm. Alex Collins showing out because you said it exactly you said it perfectly. It frustrated me so bad because it's like Alex Collins in previous games he bursts out for these big runs yeah. and then you don't see him again. Yeah, and he did it today. Sorry, against the Niners mm. last night. It's like burst out for this big run and then Chris Carson's back in. Mm-hmm. All, all the Chris Carson run plays were figured out, like you said, within a matter of seconds. Yeah, and it is. It, do you know what they remind me of? They remind me of um, the old tandem of Marshawn Lynch and a Turbin. Turbin, yeah, 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 yeah. A turbin being the big, beefy power guy mm. Mm. who just bulldozes. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> Essentially, that's Carson. Yeah, he's the power back. Collins. Yeah, Alex Collins is more like, obviously, not on the same level as Marshawn because Marshawn's yeah. big as well. Yeah, yeah. But in the same sense, giving him his credit, Alex Collins is like he's tough, and he's dragged people with him. Mm. Like, so he has that like Marshawn style about him, but mm. it infuriates me because it's almost like this this version of Pete Carroll we've got where he sticks with what he knows over letting other people try and prove themselves these these previous years. So he'll always go back to Carson because they pay Carson and Carson's their number one, is the RB1. So it's like just blind faith into something that's not working. Carson Mm. was getting bottled up all the time. Collins had all the the success. Mm -hmm. Just play Collins. Sometimes it doesn't work. Look at Derrick Henry recently. Absolutely. Derrick Henry has looked a shell of himself, mm-hmm. except for that second half where he went off on us. But that first half, shell of himself. The game mm-hmm. shell of himself. Sometimes mm-hmm. you've just you've just got to, if it's not working... It's, 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 yeah, it, it, I compare it to the Browns and, and their combo with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like Nick Chubb is the face of the, the running game, I suppose, in, in, in Cleveland, but... Nick Chubb doesn't have a fantastic game. He can't have a fantastic game every game. Like, you know, it teams do eventually figure out things. So when that doesn't work, all of a sudden Kareem Hunt gets the ball and and, and he and he breaks out for a big play and then you can just mix it up. And I, I just like, like you say, it's like, I don't want us to fall into that Chris Carson trap of where we give him that two-year, 16-odd million dollar contract or whatever it was, extension, and we feel like we're obliged to play him every down, whether it's working or not. Like, it's fine to use Collins. Remember last week though when Carson went off and he he was he holding his quad like he may have strained his yeah, quad. Yeah, yeah. It makes me think could that have played a factor? Probably didn't because he just got stuffed. Mm. Like maybe mm. did he lose a bit of his burst off the line, you know, to maybe break the initial tackle? Yeah. Because it's just like it, it wasn't him. Like everyone has these games, but the thing is also my point, um, how I looked here was when you got Alex Collins playing that well. Yeah. Why persistently use Chris Carson mm. where he is injury prone? Chris mm-hmm. Carson 
becomes very valuable later down the stretch. Obviously, like these next couple of games are going to show whether we play off so or not. Like, yeah, I reckon this definitely. early on, we're going to see. But if we get through these games and we pick some wins up and against some hard opponents like Scrappy or whatever, mm. um, it's going to become valuable. So why don't you... Alex Collins worked. Use Alex Collins. Use Chris yeah. Carson as the backup in that game. Like, mm. But it's, this, it's, this, it's like the Trey Flowers thing. Pete Carroll and his stubborn, blind arrogance yeah. in to just going with what he trusts these mm-hmm. days. These last couple of years, that's that's the that's the coach he's turned into. Yeah, and it, I, I was saying, so frustrated. It's like Carson can't do anything for shit. And my, my mate, who's a Niners fan, who's watching it with me, he has Chris Carson in his fantasy, and he was getting <laughs> frustrated. He's like, I'd rather him just get pulled out of this game because he's winding me up because he's doing nothing. Yeah, and and then and then in the second half, Travis Homer came in for a play. Um, don't man. And it's like Michaela said. Michaela said he can't find the gap to save his life. No. So he literally, and you know what? Until she said it, I've never noticed it. But that play showed it perfectly. He literally just like Superman bulldozed into two defenders to get some yeah. extra yards. Yeah. Because like the they're playing these sweep runs, mm. like the outside sweep runs, like they tried Carson doing it. And I put it in our group in capital letters because Carson doesn't do sweep the outside down the yeah. sideline runs. Yeah. He is terrible at them. He mm. is good at running straight on. The person mm. in this in, in this running back room who is really good at getting to the sideline and shooting down it is DJ Reed. Not DJ Reed. DJ Dallas, yeah. DJ <laughs> Dallas. Yeah. I was on the, I was on the hype one and fucking <laughs> um but it is DJ Dallas and it mm. frustrates me that Travis Homer is now Travis Homer has now took this RB3 rollback yeah. when done DJ nothing Dal- to earn it. DJ Dallas earned it in the preseason. But do you yeah. know what it is again? Well, Pete Carroll in the preseason. Right. Yeah. Travis Homer brings a different style of uh running to this offense. Backwards. I said it to Michaela, and that's where she said, Yeah, doesn't know where a gap is. Yeah. Right. And yet again, we're seeing Pete Carroll with his blind faith with what he trusts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the DJ Dallas, um, was it the punt or kickoff return where he got mm-hmm. tackled by the he got tackled by the fucking punter <laughs> for yeah. thirty one yards? Yeah. But but look where it was on the field again mm-hmm. on the sideline. Side I yeah. don't know what it is about that guy, but he's very elusive when he starts running down the sideline. Mm-hmm. This team likes to use jet sweeps, and they've not used any since Estrix and not have been there. DJ Dells could do that. Absolutely. He, he, he used to be a wide receiver, so he's got the hands as well. You can line mm. him up as a wide receiver, use him as a jet sweep. It might be obvious, but he could do that. But no, mm. because because he didn't. He, he got all the pressure on him as a rookie when Carson went down last year. He didn't do that great, mm. and it's almost like that's it. He's in Pete's doghouse. Doesn't really trust him because of that. So I'm just going to go back to what I know, and it's so frustrating, man. It like. Is. It is frustrating. Is there anyone else on offense that you want to mention? I, I guess Russell Wilson needs a mention, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Russ, <laughs> like, do you know? Do you know what? Um, I was saying this to you off air. Everyone keeps reverting back to the Colts game, the mm. offense. Where's that offense? Where's all the motion? Where's all this? Where's all that? 
we got a bit of it in the second half. We got a bit of it where no huddle, then changing the play, um, mm. changing the play um, at the line and yeah. things like that. There's yeah. that run play where he changed the play at the line and the Niners shifted all the guys over and it might have been Alex Collins again and he just booted through a gap where he all shifted to the left, left the hole in the right. And to me, that was like a disguise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, disguise yeah. play what tricked them now I would pr- prefer to have an offence for the rest of the year as the second half of the Niners game than that Colts game save all your gadget trickery shit <laughs> like just give it to someone else because what I saw for the first time this year in that Niners second half game was Russ comfortable in yeah. this new offence he was using the new style of play, the no huddle, the changing plays at the line, mm. uh, the quick, quick pass to DK where, like, he didn't fuck around. Yeah. DK was open there. He just dumped it down. Yeah. And yeah. also, I've not seen him run as fast as he ran for that TD in ages. Look how lean he is now. That, like, that, they clocked him at 19 miles an hour there. Most of, like I think they only clocked him at 18 during the entire game. So he's run faster than most of has on that play. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and that's Russell Wilson when he's comfortable. Yeah. I honestly think these last couple of weeks he's been trying so hard to play on this new playbook that yeah. I think he just forget forgets what works for him. And mm. I think that is, I said it at the start, where I think this offence will struggle the first couple of weeks. Whether it means wins or losses, I honestly think it will struggle. Mm. And I'm kind of, I, I am right, I'm half and half. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like half good, yeah. half bad. <coughs> but I think this is what we're seeing now, that the second half of that Niners game, it's like Russ needs to take some of the new shit, but remember who he is as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for me what I saw. I'd rather have that moving forward because that's that's Russell Wilson comfortable. Everyone's mm. saying, "Where's these short passes? Where's these quick passes? Where's these short passes?" Well, when he was comfortable and he got some rhythm, it kind of like how how I looked at it. How he sees the offense to be. Mm. That's where he didn't mess around looking for the deep ball all the time. DK was open to his left and he just quickly dumped it off didn't even think twice saw him dumped it off and dk yeah. had a there was the one before his rushing touchdown as well where he like he ran to the right sideline and picked up the first down when there was nothing on like that that, that really took me aback like because we i don't think we've seen uh, apart from this game so far through the first two weeks russell wilson like carry it and run like run for like a first down like even though we've been com- like so accustomed to him doing that in his seahawks career it's like you say it's like it's it's almost like one of those telltale character signs you can tell with Wilson like when he's comfortable he'll make decisions like he'll tuck it and run and like to do that so quickly back to back in that same that same game was like say just a mark of of him being back to you know his normal self. Yeah, do you know, it makes me think that again like I've been trying so hard to fit into this new offense yeah. and maybe this new offense is more pocket pass orientated. Mm. But Possibly. At the end of the day, Russ isn't at that age no. yet. Russ no. isn't at the age where he needs to use his arm over his legs. Yeah. Like he needs to start being the dual threat like we've seen. Like, my God, man, that passed to Freddie Swain. 
Oh, I was going to say, we've, we've got to bring up that Houdini. That, honestly. That, honestly, so when you saw him in the first half with Nick Bolster just breaking through the line and he yeah. wrapped himself up before Nick Bolster even got there. Yeah. Like, old Russ would have hung in there to the very last second and probably just chucked a moon ball up there hoping yeah, yeah. for the best. He, he saw it coming and he was already crouched up before mm. Nick Bolster even got to him. Yeah. Like, yeah. You go from that to then they literally, what was it, two or three guys on the fucking oh. left side? Just absolutely <clears throat> no pressure whatsoever, straight into the backfield. And he just got himself out of it, it was unbelievable. So like, it's just like, it just had like a, a character where he just realized, like, hang on, I'm Russell Wilson. I don't need to be cowering in fear from these guys. I, I'm Russell Wilson. And he just, he all of a sudden, it just went like, felt like it was like watching the like transformation of like the like incredible Hulk or something where he just like rips the, he just turns into, he just rips guys off him and just finds for like, honestly, that is sort of vintage Russell Wilson, but we haven't been as used to it so far this season. Like we, that, that's his first sort of, apart from the deep ball to lock it in, in the, in the Colts game. And he obviously made a few players other other than that as well. But in terms of the players where you just look at it and go vintage Russell Wilson, I would say that's the only second, apart from that Lockett 60-odd yard, 69-yard touchdown, that's probably the only other player that I've seen this year that I could class as like, that is vintage Wilson. Do you know what? I think it feels so long because he didn't really do it last year either. No, not really. Um, Because if you remember the first half of the year, he was just launching it for fun. And yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think last year something went awry with his uh, with his coaching, personal coaching staff, or something like that. Because yeah. The size he was last year, he was like a what, beefcake. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know who who even advised him to be like that because it's, <clears throat> it's not who he is. He's a fixated guy anyway, but mm. it's not who he is. And I think we we've not seen that for so long because. Last year, down the stretch as well, I think it took its toll because mm. I said to Luca, he was uh, the Vikings game and it was only like the second quarter, the third quarter, he looked physically drained. Like, yeah. He had that chubby face and he, he, he was profusely sweating and he looked <laughs> he looked physically drained. And I was like, mm. we're going to get smashed here because he looks like he's ready to go to bed. Like yeah. He looks done. And... I know in the off-season he sacked some of his personal training staff and got mm. some new guys in, and then look, he's stripped back down again because he understands. Yeah. Now, again, like I said, this um, this second half of the Niners game moving forward, if that if they look at that and Waldron and Russ sit down and got, Russ goes, that's where I'm most comfortable. Because to get out of that sack, it's like you said, vintage Russell Wilson, that's where he's most comfortable. Then mm. to, to even get that pass to Freddie Swain in the situation yeah. he was in, off balance, with two defenders on Freddie Swain in a in a tight window, oh, yeah. real, it's really positive to see because he tr- that's how much he trusts Freddie Swain. Yeah. That's kind of Freddie Swain's taking that David Moore mm. role, mm. but I think he could take it better, higher than David Moore because mm. he is a multi- Usage receiver, yeah, yeah. but yeah, man, that that second half, um, Russell Wilson performance, like he needs to sit down with Waldron and go, "That's where I'm comfortable." Yeah, and Waldron goes, "Okay, 
that's how we'll have it. Yeah, we'll work around that performance. Absolutely. Um, because he's he, he's going to have to do it next week against Aaron Donald. Oh, he's well, going to have to do it. Because Kyle Fuller, even though he's not been too bad, everyone mm. hates Slates, he's not been too bad. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have it right. Um, He's going to get his ass handed to him by Aaron Donald, <laughs> isn't he? He's going to have his ass handed More to than him. Like, well, it, uh, that will be interesting to see if they put maybe a Dakota Shepley in there, try something else at centre, because I just think it's you're asking Kyle Fuller to just go out there and get manhandled for so, 60 minutes, really. But, but the thing is, though, at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's lean. He's leaning yeah. right down from last year. Mm. We've seen the legs. The legs are still there. Yeah. Like, we need that offence against the Rams front seven to have a chance to win this game. Mm. It's as simple as they need to look at that second half of the Niners game and go, moving forward, that is our offence. Until yeah. you get... It's, it's, so, it's so mad because all this movement and... Stuff on the line essentially was all built to fit Estridge by the looks of it. Yeah. Because ever since yeah. he went down, they've not used any of it. I can guarantee no. when he comes back, they'll start using it again. Mm. Um, and perfectly, he should be back for the Rams game. What? Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. And I, I, think... I hope I hope Everett's back as well because I think he could provide some useful information to, you know, to Russell in the offense for how the Rams work and everything on defense. So. Yeah. Um, do you think I'll, I'll put this one to you? Do you think it was more the defense that won us that game, or would you say it was more the offense? Because obviously, I know the offense scored the points, but would you say it was more the def- the way the defense had played and the and the adjustments that you know won the game, or would you say, would you put that more on the offense? I know I've kind of thrown that as a bit of a curveball in there, but I just thought like obviously the defense kept it to a one score game and, and everything like that and allowed you know, the chance for the offence to come back into it. Do you know something that really helped us? Something that really helped us was them not having their kicker available because yeah, they were yeah, in some yeah. situations where they went for it on fourth down where they just yeah, yeah. kicked the field goal. Yeah, that yeah. was a massive help. That really was a massive help. Yeah, it was, yeah. And do you know what I think it was? I think it was all round it's adjustments like this mm. season is my favorite word either lack of or good mm. the Colts game they did good adjustments mm-hmm. the other two no. None just, yeah. and this game they made really good adjustments like yeah. the, 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 D, the defense did start clicking in the second quarter but then coming into the second half they, everything made adjustments yeah and that's what you need to see like both sides of the ball made adjustments, and that, mm. that's that's all you can ask for. So I'd put it down as a all round team. Mm. The team won it because both sides stepped up. Yeah, they saw what was going wrong. They adjusted and they both stepped up, and that's that. That is what we need to see for the positive signs, in my opinion, to have a chance of surviving. Like I know we, everyone lost a shit against the Vikings and this, that, and the yeah. other, but. But it's like I said in 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 the live. What for people listening, we should have released, but the Spotify yeah. green room was playing up, so we never actually got the audio. What's a real shame because it was a real good rant. Mm. Um, but I said in there like the Vikings, we pl- we seem to play them every single year. Yeah, like 
that they are one team who should, who always do and always will hold us to tight games because we play them all the time. Zimmer's been in the lead the same as Pete. He knows mm-hmm. him inside out. Mm-hmm. And it shows every time we play him. Yeah. So even though overreactions are going all over the place and we're not the biggest fans of Pete Carroll still being in charge, so that that made us really happy to have a good <laughs> rant about him. Yeah, but, but that second half was a positive moving forward. Mm. It's the positive we need going into something like the Rams game. We're oh, always like yeah. it's always a tight game. It's always disgusting. You yeah. know, it's essentially got Jalen Ramsey bottling up DK. Mm-hmm. Um, we needed it because it was an all-round team adjustment. Mm. That's how I look at it. Yeah, like I say, I think that's I couldn't put it much better. Really, like I say, it, it's it would be unfair to say the defense won the game. It'd be unfair, unfair to say the offense won the game. Really, because I think, like you say, I think the defense played more than their part in keeping the game within reach. You know, because let's have it right. I think if that was if if if, if that was the week one through three defense that played the 49ers last night, I think the Niners would have won that game by half time. Um, so I, you know, they they did more than enough adjustments and, and and did their jobs on defense and then like you say it's that second half offense is as good and as you know lethal as I've seen our offense be this this season so it, it's yeah that, that that's a real collective like you say adjustments being made on both sides of the ball when in, in crucial situations when we needed to make them we made them and if we can just like I said, that that that's got to be the catalyst now. That's got to be the performance that we look at. And when we talk about, you know, that phrase that we, you know, people use all the time of that's the level now. That's the bar. You don't drop below that bar. The, the Seahawks can't drop below this. That that should be the bar now. That that performance on both sides of the ball. You don't drop below because if we play like that every week, we beat more teams in the NFL, in my opinion. Because even with the injuries, the 49ers were still a very very decent team on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, I just thought then whilst you're speaking, like it is true. Like, n- an- analysts will nitpick. Yeah, that's their job. But the majority of Seahawks fans should be very impressed, like very happy with what they saw in that second half. Yeah, absolutely. like well, the defense for two and a half, three quarters, but essentially that second half as a whole team performance, they should really be happy because, mm. like, the touchdowns. Were drives. They weren't. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't big moon balls to Tyler. Yeah. Oh, now the D's back on. The D's yeah. getting more tired because Russ is just bombing it. They yeah, were, yeah. were. They were methodical. Run pass drives. Mm. That's what we need because it. It suits our offense because it gets it going. It suits Pete Carroll because he loves just burning clock as much as he could possibly <laughs> can. And. It helps the defense to keep him off the field for as long as possible. Hmm. Like, no one can be upset with what they saw. That second half is oh. exactly how we need to be moving forward. Don't get me wrong, pass rush. Like, that's yeah. worrying. Yeah. Matt Stafford will destroy us next week if they don't get something clicking. Hmm. He will destroy us next week. Mm. I was hoping his fucking elbow, fingers, shoulder, something might have gone by now, but <laughs> no, he's still there pissing me off. So is it like say out, coming out of that game now? Is there any sort of concerns that you would take from that game, or is there anything that is there anything that we haven't mentioned on that game that you think we need to mention before we? Uh, yes, we need to mention Tyler Lockett's new name. Tyler Lockett's new name. 
Tyler the flag mag the flag magnet locket. Oh, Tyler the flag magnet. He is Tyler the flag mag magnet. I like it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Because he is. Do you know what? He's such a nice guy. That <laughs> he's such a nice guy that he gets away with it. But he mm. is in the league of like a DeAndre Hopkins for <clears throat> if you touch him, you're getting a flag. He's close. He he's like a he's like a quality Premier League player for diving and getting away with it. Yeah. yeah. Like Harry Kane. Harry Kane can is slyly dirty mm. with his tactics and the way he plays, the mm. way he backs into people mm -hmm. in an arch so they mm -hmm. have to go over him. Yeah. Oh god, ref. Look, it's like that. Like don't, don't that, that penalty was soft, wasn't it? Really, in terms of contact, it's soft, but it, yeah, it's he, it's a flag. He, he, his fingertips literally brushed his shoulder. Yeah. Tyler <laughs> felt it, and he put more motion than the guy did. He yeah, literally yeah. brushed his shoulder, and Tyler like automatically knew the rule and just flinched his shoulder enough to yeah. get the side ref's attention. Yeah, and I love it. It's I clever. love it yeah. because, and I, do you know what? I think that's why Russ chucks up them. 50-50 oh, yeah. to him because he knows if Tyler's in the right position and the defender needs to put a sleeve on him, Tyler is going to go down in the way to get the attention. Absolutely. And I love it. Absolutely love it. And he slyly does it. Like DeAndre Hopkins oh, can talk to a ref and get a flag thrown. Like yeah, yeah. everyone knows it. Like he's done it against us. Yeah, yeah. What was yeah. it? Saying there was a helmet to helmet. No mm -hmm. one touches helmet, but because it's DeAndre Hopkins, they threw a flag because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we got penalized. It was Quandry Diggs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Diggs, him, yeah. Hit yeah, him yeah. in the chest and he said he hit in his helmet and got a flag for it. But Tyler's slightly like that because he's quiet <laughs> and nice. He gets away with murder. It's <laughs> I love it. I love to see it. I saw it. I watched it. And then I saw the flag come out. Literally, as soon as the guy brushed his shoulder pad, I went, that's a flag, that. And my yeah. mate, who's a Niners fan, went, oh, fuck off. It's not a flag. I said, well, it's not a flag now. <laughs> And, he, and then next minute, he's like, oh, look, no flag. Next minute, flag comes out. Flag comes out. Watch, watch the replay. Brushes his shoulder and Tyler. Tyler does the motion back. He, like, yeah, yeah. uses his fingers to, like, like a sledgehammer. Just like, oh, yeah, there's the movement. Oh, no, no, no. I loved it. And my mate was like, you fucking what? You should have got that. That was soft, that. I went, well, you don't realise it. Here he's got yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, also, he's a clever player. First points in the third quarter all season. Yeah, good the point. The tide is changing. Good point, yeah. Tide yeah. is changing. I like it. And I think uh, moving forward, um, my biggest concern now is for this Rams game, like I said, is the pass rush. Mm. Like, because there's been so many other things to complain about, people have kind of forgotten like people kind of are brushing over the fact that that pass rush is disgusting. Don't get me wrong, Dunlap, we spoke off air about this. Dunlap before in the fourth quarter got clearly held twice. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, with absolutely. a clean runner, uh, Trey Lance by that right tackle and got away with absolute murder. Mm -hmm. But it's just like this last game, who Brooks, Daryl Taylor, two sacks. Like I don't, I don't have like the pressures or. The hurries or anything like that. Yeah. Um, well, three tackles for loss, but that I think yeah. Brooks came on the sack, so they class it as a sack tackle for loss because mm. he took him down. 
uh, Daryl Taylor sacked tackle for loss, yeah, so they must do. And then Puna Ford got a tackle for loss. So there is there is something there, but oh, not definitely. enough. Not, not enough. Not enough. Yeah, I mean, what what I'll say on it is is sort of it wasn't there in the first half, but then it, you know with Trey Lance, a quarterback with Trey Lance, I think if you were to to go back and watch some of the you know the 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 rushes that we put on Trey Lance, and some of the ways, some of the pockets that collapsed on Lance that he got out of, I think against a quarterback like Stafford, I don't, I, I, hopefully, and I, but I don't think he would have got out. As of those collapsed pockets that that Lance got, I think there was quite. If there was three or four that are, are coming into my head where the the pocket collapsed because of the pass rush, but because of Trey Lance he, he, and and his mobile, he got out of them and it, they were a bit frustrating. And I can remember one on fourth down and and stuff like that. But the actual pocket collapsed pretty nicely. The the, the pass rush collapsed the pocket on him pretty nicely. Whereas if it was a Garoppolo or if it was you know, Stafford next week or well, on Thursday night. If if he's in the game and, and we get those type of pressures and that pocket collapses on Stafford instead of Lance, I don't see Stafford getting out as of as of many of those pockets that Lance got out of. Um, so hopefully they could possibly pick up a few more sacks there because I thought Taylor had a had a decent game before he picked up the knock. Obviously, McGlinchley or whatever he's called was absolutely manhandling Dunlap. For pretty much the entire game, but especially in that, you know, in those final few few drives for the Niners where they're trying to put points on the board. I mean, it's just blatantly obvious, and looks like that's what's picked up Dunlap the injury because of the holding. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Alton Robinson whiffed on one way, kind of went from the helmet of Garoppolo. I can't remember if it was Garoppolo or Lance in the game at that point, but he kind of went high as if he was trying to just like strip sack where he should have just wrapped him up. I thought he missed on on that sack. So I think there is production there that's been lost that should with just better execution and against a less mobile quarterback that we that we will be facing on Thursday night I think you could possibly maybe add on and maybe get three or four sacks there that we could have possibly could possibly gain this week if we get the same type of pressure that that's that's my hope out of it anyway yeah I'll take that I'll, I'll jump on board with that thank um, you uh, you put that across well to me, so I'm like, yeah, I believe this. I'm hot now. But you, I'd love to see um, against that Rams game another Jordan Brooks. He's done it two games in a row now. I'd love another Jordan Brooks straight through the middle and yeah. get a good stick hit on um, Stafford because oh, yeah. he is fragile and he is one of them quarterbacks where if you get get a couple of good hits on him, like a Jamal Adams blitz. Like, do you know who's going to come at you with speed? Even yeah. Ryan Neal, if he managed to get to him, come at his speed and he's going to hit you hard. Mm-hmm. Jamal, Bobby, even Quandre Diggs, even though he doesn't really do it much. Mm. Um, Jordan Brooks, one of them types of players and just get a couple of good hits on Stafford. It will shake him enough, which hopefully will help put him off his game. So if the pass rush doesn't develop, because... They have a good old line at the end of the day. Yeah, so if you if your main if your main line doesn't help, if you can use them linebackers and bring Adams up on a blitz and get to him and start hitting him and give him a good few shoulder hits and things like that. Yeah, he'll hopefully put him off his room enough. Because I've not watched the Cardinals Rams game, but they clearly did something to him to keep mm-hmm. him thirteen points. Like mm-hmm. turnovers, turnovers is another turnovers. Kick. Yeah, hopefully. 
hopefully we got our first one. Yeah. Like, remember last year, I'm pretty sure we struggled with turnovers and then we got our first one and then they started snowballing, hopefully. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Stafford's going to Stafford's gonna throw. Yeah. They're going to be like there for the taking. Yeah. And like you say, those turnovers more often than not come from the pressure that that, get, that gets put on the quarterback. Because some, like you say, some of the throws that Lance were making, like yeah, he's got a powerful arm, but his accuracy was not there at the best of times. And if if you can just get pressure on on any pocket passer like that in the face with the guys that we've got, Big Al Woods, those kind of guys, Ford, anyone, just you can't let like you say, if, if you let Matt Stafford have a clean pocket. Nine times out of ten, he, he picks apart any defense in the NFL. So th- that that's how they win the game. So it, like it's that 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 pass rush, like you say, is it is crucial if we're gonna go in, gonna go in, gonna go into that game and, uh, and well home win as well. That's, that could so do with getting off the board at, at home as well. You know, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I I put I think in our preseason thing, I, I put us down as as losing the uh, the home game against the Titans. Um, but I think I said that we'd prob- that we'd win against the Rams at home. Now, I didn't envisage the Rams being as strong as they have been so far this season. So it is going to be a tougher game. But you- you've got to get off the board, at, at, you know, at, at home at, sooner rather than later. Um, but what what a what a what a win against the Rams would do for you know back to back wins against the 49ers and the Rams. What that would do for this team would just be well, you would hope would be brilliant. It'd also be amazing for um, the playoff picture. Yeah, two beating the Niners and Niners and the Rams because essentially, as long as the Seahawks can get get themselves back on back on track, hmm. you're talking about the whole division within a shout for the playoffs with the way it's going oh, at the moment. Why don't and and to, or, to then already have two divisional wins is going to hmm. play massively in hmm. our favour, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. the fact that Russell Wilson's never won in LA, sure. so. I like like little things like it's like L A Super Bowl Russell Wilson first win in L A Super Bowl. Let's not, get any, let's not get anywhere near that. <laughs> one one win again with two and two. We're going we're going back to the Super Bowl, isn't it? Bloody hell! No, I like I like your style though. Like I say, I'm getting bored with that. But um... like a goldfish for how I was last year, <laughs> last week. Jesus Christ! But no, is there is there anything else <clears throat> on your mind from that Niners game that we need to talk about that we haven't brought up? No, I, I think we've talked about most of the key yeah. people and situations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quick little mention for DK for me. I thought that was a, another better game. I thought he was a little bit more improved. Like not not massive on the stat. I think he only had 65 yards receiving, but very nice touchdown. He, he's, he's, he zipped it and he's improved. So yeah, he dropped it. He dropped a few. He dropped. Um, yeah, his one, hands are an issue. Some people gave him some. Some people gave him shit for um, an easy drop, but. Um, on the sideline, but I don't mm. think that was as easy as people made out. Then yeah. did drop a couple, um, but I just think he's going to be one of them players who that that's just like his Achilles heel. Is he just mm. drops some every now and again? Like that's mm. just who he is. Yeah. Some of the greats were like some of the greats well, exactly. numbers, but drop a couple. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to say? The one thing about DK was what I was so impressed with. Mosley kind of gave him a bit of a night. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> and he didn't back chat. Didn't Nothing. like they tried. They tried like getting him a couple of times because mm. last year he had a thing with Jimmy Ward, didn't he, and yeah, things yeah. like that. And they they tried like chipping away at him. He just walked off, and it's great to see that's that's that. 
impressed me the most because he's coming up against one of the biggest shit talkers in the NFL yeah. next week. Yeah. And he can't be losing his head. No. Like, he I can't said, be I, losing his head. So, I, mean, I said that to you on, 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 on the live, but the, the uh, get it off your chest in, in, in the first one that we did that, you know, and I went in on him a little bit because I was getting a bit fed up with his, you know, shit talking and him costing the team and everything. And since then, whether, I mean, I very highly doubt that DK has jumped on the We Talk Seahawks podcast and listened to me have a, have a bit of a go on him. But ever since then, he hasn't said boo to a goose from what I've seen. There's been nothing broadcasted during the games that I've watched that DK getting involved in an altercation or anything. I haven't seen anything like that. Um, and like I say, it, it's going to be a massive test of how how grown up he is, like how quickly he's growing up, if he can go against, because he knows exactly what Jalen Ramsey's going to do. If you're, if, you're, if you're a coach of DK Metcalf, if you're Lockett or Waldron or anyone, you're just saying, you're just saying to Metcalf, it's like if anyone's played sports at any level and, and against regular teams, against regular players, you, you identify players on other teams that just shit talk and, and either, you know, leave dirty tackles in, stamping on feet if you play like football or soccer and, you know, dirty hits. You know, there are these players in these games and all someone needs to say to DK is, look, if Jalen Ramsey starts opening his mouth towards you, which he will, you, you just, it, it's, just don't react. Whatever he says, it's just part of, it's just a mind game. It's just part of his, part of the act. But he's doing that because he knows that if, if he doesn't get in your head, you can have you can you can get the better of him. You're a better player. You're 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 better than you know ninety percent of the receivers in the NFL. Like he knows that DK Met- Jalen Ramsey is sitting here right now, knowing that DK Metcalf is going to be one of his, if not his hardest one-on-one wide receiver matchup that he has to face every year, pretty much. So he knows he's got to bring his A game for shit talking on on DK, and he knows that it's worked before. So DK has had enough matchups against him now to know look. As soon as Jalen starts opening his mouth, I've just got to zip it. I don't don't say anything. And like I say, it's gonna it is gonna be interesting to see on Thursday night whether, you know, has he grown up? Has he has the penny dropped that he just doesn't need to give it back every now and then? And and but yeah, like like yeah, that that's third that's time lucky. Jalen Ramsey's pretty much two seasons in a row. Jalen Ramsey's just owned him on the football yeah. field. Third yeah. time lucky. DK's gonna body him all over that game tomorrow. Stiff arm. Well, big stiff Thursday yeah. night. Thursday yeah. night, yeah. Yeah, Thursday night. Oh, two, Thursday two, night. I'm, I'm bold, bold prediction on this. On. Two touchdowns for DK on Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> on Jalen Ramsey. Let's Bring it, it on, man. Mate, I'm, I'm up for it, man. I, if, if, if you're telling me he's getting that, I'll, that's going on Sky, bet, mate. Request a bet. DK Metcalf, two on Jalen <laughs> Ramsey. Let's have it. 20 to 1 or something. But yeah, um, no, yeah, really will, yeah. But no, if if that's uh, if that's all our thoughts ahead of the the Rams and and recapping the Niners, then uh, then yeah, I think we'll we'll wrap it up. Yeah, mate. Yeah. All right, spot on. Well, like I say, everyone, thanks for listening. Um, we'll try and get another Spotify. Well, we probably won't be on Spotify Green Room this time. We're, we're sort of assessing our options in terms of how we do to get it off your chest and the live podcast going forward because. Spotify Green Room still in sort of like a beta stage at the minute and it's been a little bit hit and miss and we don't the last thing we want is for you guys to come on and for us to you know take you know for, for all of us to invest time into a good discussion and for it to go to waste a little bit um you know I, I don't know how it's happened but it, it's still in beta the app and it's just 
completely glitched up and not sent us the recording. Um, so we're going to try and look at a few alternative options and see where we go from that. But hopefully we'll get something sorted for another uh, get it off your chest this week um, ahead of the, uh, well, yeah, what we think it should probably, would it be before the Rams game or, or probably after the after the Rams game if we're going to do another get it off your chest for the people who are wanting to come on? Probably after, do, I think. Do you think? Or? Um, oh, could you? Maybe before. Before? Could do it on Wednesday, I suppose. Mm, yeah. And let people get things off the chest from the Niners and sort Could of do it on Friday. Them. Could do it on Friday after the Rams game. A little reaction. Yeah. Yeah, Friday. There you go. You've heard it Heard it here first. It's on Friday. Um, we'll, we'll work something making out. Making up plans on the podcast. Making up plans on, on, on the fly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like you say, we'll, if you if you keep on track of our social medias um, on, on We Talk Seahawks on Twitter, Seahawks UK on Twitter and everything like that, it'll it'll be on there once we've come up with something, once we put our heads together and, and, and worked out something. But yeah, you can you can expect another get it off your chest this week. So, But before that, thanks everyone for listening again i hope you enjoyed that win over the bang bang get lost gang two and two we're back in the race for the nfc west division 28 21 it just feels good to be to be talking to you about the Steelers playing decent again and winning the football game because it feels like an eternity since that week one performance so it's uh no, it's been good mate good to yeah get it's been good yeah, good man. Yeah, it's been good. Good to talk positive for once, eh? Exactly. There's, there hasn't been any real negatives today, really. Cl- no, clutching at really. straws, clutching at straws here and there because we kind of have to <laughs> to fill the segment. But yeah, it's, it's nothing but positives at the minute, really. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, stay tuned for future episodes and everything that we've got coming out soon. So but yeah, apart from that, thanks for listening and go Hawks. Thanks, mate. See you later.